go, hi, this is the first time we're doing a podcast. Hi, I'm Paige. And I'm Randa. And this is a Cityscape with a pink font. Yes, it is. And uh, I bet you're wondering, what the hell is that title of your podcast? I think they are, Paige, and I think you should absolutely explain okay. what the title of our podcast is. So here's the first, our, we decided to start this big quest. And the quest is to go through the entire series and movies and movie series of Sex and the City. And here's the thing. I've never seen a full episode. Of and Sex I've seen them all. And she's it's seen real. them all. And, and uh, we are both movies. Yeah. And uh, in our research of like different podcasts that have actually studied or studied and gone into depth about uh, Sex and the City, all of the great titles are taken. I mean, Brandon and I have very, very volatile like opinions about the American romantic comedy, and we're thinking about this like, what if we, what, what if after our quest is over, we have to continue? Absolutely, the work is never over. It's never done. And the, the work of women with opinions is never <laughs> no, done. It's never over. <laughs> it's not. Um, and so I was thinking, thinking about like what what is the epitome of the american romantic comedy and then i think about all of the posters that they have mm. and it's usually some happy girl with a guy and they're you know cross-armed and they're back-to-back posing and there's always a cityscape beneath them with the film title in a pink font mm-hmm. and that's how we got here excellent so i thought that was a great summary yeah yeah it, 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 that's what happened <laughs> But uh, so another another little fun fact that we're just gonna get this out of the open yeah. right now. Clear the air. Clear the air. Sex in the city. I have never seen a full episode until recently, mm-hmm. and I am a demisexual, which means that I I, I kind of fall a little bit on the asexual um, spectrum of sexuality. Mm-hmm. So it basically it takes a lot for me to get the horn. To get the horn. To get the horn. So I'm like. So I don't look at sex quite in the same way. I'm always like, oh, this is an interesting social experiment. Mm-hmm. Huh. But uh, yeah, so that's one perspective. That, that's one lens that you're going to be looking at. Besides, yeah. like, oh my gosh, she's never seen this. Like, oh, she's looking at this from a different perspective. Yeah, and then the perspective I bring is being a pansexual, very sexual person. Those are two different things, I should say. Like, I embrace my sexuality. Uh, I like being sexual. I had a lot of sex in my life. Um, and also happen to be a queer friend. So we're bringing, we're bringing two dynamic perspectives to a show that's all about female sexuality and empowerment circa 2005 and beyond. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2005. I think Is it, it 2000? Maybe it's 1999. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't go back far enough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was looking at, yeah, because after I watched the episode one, I was like, Jesus, I haven't oh, seen gosh. before that and that, that I, I don't know. Oh man, but again, I was in the eighth grade when this show came out. So 1999, I would have been eight. Let me check. I'm gonna, <laughs> hang on. Before I'm no, gonna, I think you're right. I think it was. It's like it's early. It's early 2000s because I. I think that. I yeah, think, hang on. It it ran. Sitcom started in 1998, according to. Yeah. So yeah, I totally was in the was in the eighth grade. So I, I I think we should also just warn folks that perhaps our research in terms of like show information that's not what this no, podcast is no, <laughs> at all absolutely not go 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 to go to another another podcast it's <laughs> yeah, no and, and that's great i'm very glad that those podcasts exist absolutely um, that's just not who we are we're here for more of the romantic comedy assessment um excuse me seeing what 
holds up and what doesn't in terms of how the episode handles different topics, whether it be LGBTQ friends, whether it whether it be literally the topic of female sexuality and empowerment, the idea of feminism in romantic comedies, whether that be television or movies. Um, and also, really yeah, and to add on to that, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. And also to add on to that, how things haven't really changed even in a digital era. Oh, like, there's, there's some things where I'm like, nope, that's yes. happened. Yeah, absolutely. myself or people that I know and it's just as embarrassing as you would you would think. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, exciting. Yeah. Wow. Should we should we just dive on in? I think we we might as well dive on in. Okay. At episode one. All right, the pilot. Yep. The first note that I have in my notebook is, "Wow, that's a bad English accent." <laughs> it is so. It, it's distractingly bad. But something I've noticed with shows from, like, really just television shows in general, like, there's no effort in the shit that just like doesn't matter to them. <laughs> like oh, whether no. it be wigs, whether it be making someone look younger, but, like because they're playing themselves at a younger time. Like this is irrelevant. We just gotta make it happen. So yeah, this bitch is an English accent so bad. Yeah, and it's and it, and she doesn't talk that long, so it was very clear that like maybe her agent would just like gave her the size and just say, wing it. Do it. Wing it. And, make it work. <laughs> and that would seem like a make it work. Yeah, that 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 got my attention immediately. Being like, oh, is this gonna be? Oh, is she a main character? And then no, then she actually wasn't. No, <laughs> that was what I was like. Oh no, we're following this girl. Uh, I think it's funny. Like even with all of the promotional like aspects of Sex in the City through the years, like your immediate thought was, oh no, this might be a main character, even though we've seen who they are. Like you know immediately she's not. <laughs> The British friend that died at the end of the season one. Who knows? I don't know. It was a bad English accent. I'm sure. I'm sure she actually. I didn't. I, I didn't do any research on this particular actress. I'm oh, absolutely sure not. not. I'm sure she again, got better. Again, with the whole there's in terms of research for the, the actors and actresses in the show. I, I maybe we could incorporate that later, but I did not think that that was the point of what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do back research. <laughs> I mean, we we can get really in depth with you know viewers. <laughs> viewers of this podcast and, and listeners because technically there's is an audio thing let us know if you desire a little bit more of a fun factoid here and there about the actors and actresses involved with this project you can tell us we we may or may not take that into consideration <laughs> we reserve the right to say, find out for yourself I, I absolutely reserve the right to tell you to look it up on wikipedia <laughs> So my, just immediately being rude to our people. Anyway. I think it's an important thing though immediately <laughs> who they're who they're listening to. Okay. And this is the reality. I appreciate I appreciate our honesty. You should too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my first note of, of Sex and City pilot episode was the trope of people talking directly to the camera and that like for whatever the topic is at interview style and how thankful I am as someone who's watching this on a rewatch, how thankful I am that that just dissipates after a while. Oh yeah, I think they were taking that straight from like, like I yeah again no dramaturgy in this, but I've in this podcast at all. But remember MTV's The Real World? Yeah, people that's... would talk about themselves, but only they tried to like put Be that. Casual. Yeah, they tried to put this in a in a TV pilot. Yeah, no, it's very it is very like reality TV in its early stages kind of feel, and I I appreciate that as it like you and you'll see this as you watch it like as it continues that really does just dissipate as a storytelling technique, and I was. 
because it, it's so jarring. I'm just like, oh God, make it go, make it stop. Yeah, like, why? And then even the protagonist starts doing that. And it's just like, oh no. Well, yeah. Uh, and like, uh, I think for, from my perspective, I think it would have been one thing if it was only Carrie breaking the fourth wall, right? Like you see that in storytelling now with like Fleabag or you know, that's the primary one. That comes oh, diary, oh my gosh. A Diary of a Call Girl with Billy Piper on Showtime. Like in oh. the 2000s, they also did, she also did, did that. And that was really effective. Yeah. Like um, I think when it's like just the person who's really <laughs> telling, like whose perspective we're supposed to be buying into the most like then that is a really effective tool but i don't I, anyway yeah so that was my first note uh well note number two we're just gonna dive right in it's probably gonna dig right into one of yours but I'm like excited. this this uh the story it opens where carrie is interviewing a woman who starts seeing this dude and they're canoodling all month and then he just they start seeing they, they start like house shopping together within two then, weeks which is wild by the way yes two weeks <laughs> Two weeks, and he's just like, let's look at houses together, and then he just doesn't call her back. And I'm like, ghosting in the '90s was that's pretty rough. I mean, <laughs> um, and, and considering this, this, uh, this came out in the uh, late was, '90s, was, yeah, late '90s, and I was a child. I've never gone house shopping with a dude after two weeks and been like, what, what do you mean? Those aren't mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Miranda's mom is now on the podcast. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> i'm moving out okay in, in like two weeks <laughs> so cool i'm glad that that happened for everyone we can figure it's fine that can stay yeah so, well, i'll yeah we'll fix no, it no i like it and might please might as well this is this is my <laughs> anyway so ghosting in the late 90s yeah i know yeah i met on house shopping and, and then all of a sudden was was uh ghosted by some dude i would man if a guy wanted to go house shopping with me after two weeks, I would be running for the hills. Yeah, Honestly. I think I think now, absolutely. Like as I've gotten older, I, I definitely would be like, "Are you, oh, are you going to murder me and wear my skin?" Exactly. Because that is so like that is so fast and like a huge red flag in terms of like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like I just, and what I just, is like, this? I want to get to know you maybe, and like, sure, we can have like lots of great connected sex and like good conversation but i don't want to look at a house with you right now <laughs> yeah that's i mean like part of me was just like okay what's up with this with this gal uh, <laughs> um but which leads into something that you which leads into a quote that we have discussed off camera quite a bit why are there so many great unmarried women and no great unmarried men oh yeah and i think our mutual friend aaron uh had told me when I was having a when I was having a hard time or being being put in putting in the I don't know care category with with dudes, and she said that there are so many awesome women, and now the, and all the really good candidates for for long term partnerships are either gay or already taken, mm -hmm. and now we are just you have a majority that's left with the basically the bottom like the, the bullshit, the, the bullshit. It's the absolute bullshit <laughs> and there's no way and even no matter how picky you are it's all this and nobody's perfect right. nobody's perfect we're not expecting perfect but we are expecting what reliability uh, if anything. A, i don't know like an, an adult who when they say they're looking for something they actually are looking for that i think one of my my biggest pet peeves in relationships is when someone tells me that they are looking for a particular thing whether it be casual or committed and then it turns out that that's not really what they're looking for like because i am very happy to partake in 
something that we've agreed to and we're on the same page about. But when, when I'm like dating you because you told me that you're looking for somebody to marry and build a life with, and that's the expectation I've been given in building this relationship, then that's what I'm working towards. And I, I, you know, there have been, there, there is a particular instance in my mind where that's what I thought was happening. And, um, it very quickly turned out that that wasn't the case. It was the case for me, but not for that person. And it was really hurtful. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's hard not to, it's hard not to connect like those stories to these moments. And I, and I think it also in that, in that interview, uh, in the interview bit of the show, like the quote I pulled from it was this idea of women have too high of expectations. That's really not the case. Honestly, no. <laughs> that's not the case at all. It's like, like, it's like I said, like you put out, like you said, you put out the energy that you sincerely want. Like, don't like, it's, 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 it's not to say that they're, 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 they intentionally trick you. No, but just it's, it's almost it's, like to yeah. avoid, it's almost like it's to avoid hurting the hurting someone because, and I honestly, I don't think like expecting healthy communication of like expectations or wants and needs, like that's not too high of an expectation. That's called having an adult relationship. And I'm not always perfect at it. Like, I, I, I didn't well, come I out to do that. This yeah, is where like, you have to know yourself. Right. Like, and, and I, I think, uh, th- this is what, what I, what I've now that I've watched two episodes, that's been becoming very infuriating to me is that there's only one woman in this group that knows herself 100%. And, and it's fucking Samantha. Samantha. <laughs> yes. Samantha like, from day one. From day one, I was just like, I don't know how any of you became friends with that woman. Because she is of a different, she's of a different element. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and nothing hurts her feelings, like, really, that I've seen in these two episodes. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't dig me? Fuck you. I'm gonna go over there. I got it. I know it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's awesome. Like, I, yeah, I, I'll hail Queen Samantha. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you've seen any of the news. Just a little aside. I don't know if you've seen any of the news of the show coming back soon. Um, But they've gotten rid of Samantha's character. And um, I... It's, they might as well not bring it back, in my opinion. But that's that's a that's a uh, discussion a discussion for a different day. Yeah, we'll wait till we get there. We'll wait till we'll wait till we get to that moment. Cause yeah, but yeah, there and also the um oh man, the dudes in this show, or at least the dude interviews, like they went from they went from um oh my gosh, women have too like women women have too high of expectations. And this is when I like as a as a heavier woman, as a heavy set person living in like a a post-Lizzo world where okay, bigger bodies are being in fa- are being displayed in fashion magazines and, and music, and it's it's okay to have a larger body, but like when you're just like they should just marry a fat guy, like what are you talking about? Like what are you talking about? Like aesthetically, like not not like I'm gonna quote Stephen Sondheim's passion because this is who I am. It's oh man, what was that one quote? That one quote from from the from the musical Passion. That's right, an unattractive man still has opportunities whereas if you're a woman you're either are a daughter or a wife and every time they said marry a fat guy i kept on thinking man. and that's like i hate I, I i hate that i went straight for that but like that's the sentence that popped out I'm like, that's what you're telling me really like get rid- yeah, this is trash <laughs> No, and what's so funny is that from that exchange, that back and forth, for me, it's what Miranda says in her interview, where she's like, I've gone on dates with the short, the fat, the poor, the the, the ones that I'm being told I'm not settling for, and they're just as bad as the good-looking ones. And, like, <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, yes, Miranda, Miranda, I agree. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it, sometimes it feels like it just doesn't fucking matter who, 
who you give a chance to, they're all horrible in one way or another. Really play games Even like, you just don't know what they want. Like it's just yeah, I've 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 deleted all my dating apps off of my phone in pandemic mm-hmm. land because pandemic land has made oh god it, it, it's affected even the digital behavior. Pan- like pandemic so, yeah that's pandemic for connection. Pandemic dating like has made me decide I'm probably gonna die alone. <laughs> Like, I I already was like leaning that way anyway, and then I tried for like I don't know four months, and I was like, "This is no. terrible. This is no. not for me. None for me. Thanks." And it's okay. And I'm yeah, and I I am content with that. Like after not having some dude text me out of the blue, it's been great. It's been awesome because I can like focus on like making things like this. I can focus on like my director, my directing calendar that's going to be picking up in, in October. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, like, and that's basically been the reason why, like maybe the reason why Sex in the City didn't really take to my psyche when I was in high school, when all of my friends in high school and in college were, were obsessed with it, was that I was too focused trying to be a good artist and not focusing on like anything that was superficial. And also, we're in the middle of buttfuck Indiana, all right? I don't understand New York problems. I want, and, and that's another thing. I was like, how can you, like, like some, of my, some of my friends in high school were all, like, idolizing this, this, um, this kind of lifestyle that was projected onto, onto our television sets. And I'm just like, where would you ever, like, that, like, what is that? That's not your life that you, okay, all right. Well, like, it's, and, you know, it's, it never makes sense to me, but. Yeah, well, and I'm going to interject here from, like, my perspective. I wouldn't, I. I think what what makes Sex in the City like so interesting and something like that I I love talking about is because like sure there there are obviously superficial things about it in terms of like the lifestyle it presents how like I one one of my best friends from college is an absolute Sex in the City fanatic and when you I, I remember sending you the screenshot of asking him what he'd be interested in hearing about uh, with a new Sex in the City podcast and one of the things he mentioned was how money works in the Sex in the City world because like it doesn't work that way anywhere else. No. Like, and, and we're only two episodes in, but like, I have no idea how Carrie makes it, like, provides the lifestyle for herself that we're gonna see oh, through, God. through the through the seasons. Like, Miranda makes sense, Samantha makes sense, and Charlotte, to a degree, makes sense, like, with their different careers. But like, how? And the show attempts like to show that like Carrie struggles from time to time because of how like inconsistent the world of like liberal arts writing can be. But even then, like, she's still dropping, like, close to a grand on shoes here and there. And yeah, and that's not a criticism. Like, the, like I think it's important to, I think, note that, you know, it, when you work hard, when you're working for money or whatever, like, you should be allowed to spend your money however you choose. And that's not superficial. Like, you know, fashion brings a lot of joy to different people, not necessarily to me. I don't, I, I love, I can appreciate the beauty of fashion, but I, it's not my world. Um, so some things like that are a little lost on me. Um, but I think also like the idea of wanting that connection and that that partnership and like finding that that person like i don't i don't necessarily think that's a superficial thing i think that like that that really requires an examination of what women specifically are taught to work towards like i think what it really calls for is an examination of especially with miranda and charlotte and carrie like those are three women who are arguably extremely successful in their careers like are played by very attractive actresses mm-hmm. and despite all of their accomplishments professionally and personally, they still feel wanting because they don't have a partner because they've been taught that like their story isn't complete until they have somebody to share it with. And so like, I don't necessarily think that's a superficial thing. I think that's a really deeply rooted lesson like 
feminine people are taught to take on really early. I know that that's what I was like. That's the message I was receiving. Oh, no, like, we all watched Thumbelina as a child. We know. We're oh, all don't together. get me started on Thumbelina. <laughs> I'm going to put that down for, for something for the future. Absolutely. Thumbelina. Thumbelina. Anyway, Thumbelina is where, where she and I both got our um, our ideas of uh, what love looks like. And it's Absolutely. Really and no, it's scored so... by Barry Manuel. It's scored by Barry Manuel. I mean... What a great, what a great job he did. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Let be your wings, bitch. <laughs> Mr. Manilow, good work. Anyway, all that, all that to say that, like, even now, I, the feedback I still get in, in lamenting, like, a relationship lost or, or, you know, just wanting to share space with someone romantically, it's, well, you'll find them eventually. And it's like, well, but what if I don't? You know, what if that's, maybe that's not a part of my story. And maybe that, why, why is the comfort automatically, oh, you're going to find that person eventually. Like, you'll find Mr. Mrs. Right eventually, but, you know, maybe it's not now. Well, why can't I just feel like, I don't know, that, that's a different soapbox, I guess. But that, that's something that I think about a lot with, with romantic comedies in general is just how women are trained. Like, femme friends are trained to yeah. think that your story's really not done until you have a partner to share it with. And so I, I don't necessarily think that's superficial. I just think that that's the reality that, you know, we're trying to work through and maybe change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, perfect segue. Yeah. Carrie <laughs> actually tries to change or, or change her universe with the philosophy that I'm going to start having sex like a man. I'm just going to hit it and quit it. Mm. Like, and uh, so she goes after what an ex-boyfriend of mm-hmm. like like that. She, what she, what she says she she made this mistake at 28. Yeah. 26, 29, and 31. Constant, 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 which is very relatable. Yeah, like there's always that. There's always that one. For some reason, because your brain's just like, yeah, I can see, I can see this working out. (laughs) No, it's not. It didn't work out the first three times. And they look just as good as they did before. And you're like, yeah, I can, I can see, see how this would work out. And then I can see how things are different now. (laughs) And then they're not different at all. But my next note, I have to say her going back to his house. And then leaving without reciprocating oral sex was straight up the most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That was to me. I was like, "Oh shit! Oh, he made oh he made her do that first, and then was just like, nah, I'm going." Yeah, no, she was. She was, <laughs> she was like, "Ah, thank you, and goodbye." <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and he reacted precisely in the way that like I thought he would react. Now, yeah. He was real even keel about it. I was expecting it to get dark, dramatic, dramatic. But that 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 I was like, I admire you, madam. In this very moment, Not one. It's like, yes, cheerio, carry on with your quest. Pass back like a man. Oh Lord. Well, and then I, that's a, I guess a sort of segue into the idea of like how hetero men are supposed to behave in general. Um, like when Carrie's had her conversation with Skipper, who I hate, by the way, and I think is a horrible character. Oh, Skipper is, and we can we can absolutely oh, like dive into that here in a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna write his name down because <laughs> Skipper, I you know unfortunately there are more Skippers than there are anybody else. Yes, I've dealt with more Skippers than it. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we all know like Skippers so oh, like and Skipper. Uh, God, like in both in both in both sets of notes for the first and second episodes, I have a note that's literally like Skipper is the worst. But before we get there, yes, um. In, their, in his conversation with Carrie, when he's like talking about being, you know, he's like so sweet and nice and thoughtful. And like, Carrie's like, are you sure you're not gay? 
And it's like, that's, it, that's right. one of like, it's like one of many moments that I feel happens in the show where like the idea of what's feminine and what's masculine is just so black and white. And, and that's obviously like indicative of it being what, 1998. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just, it's frustrating because I think that, that those moments like really, really do impact how men and women, like how, how they communicate with each other. And like, men sometimes feel like they can't be as emotive or emotional because that's not the masculine thing to be. And I think it's unfortunate that like, not only is that re- like, not only is that affirmed by messages from men to men with how like fathers raise their sons, mm-hmm. but it's affirmed with how women talk to men as well. And I, I do think that that's unfortunate and frustrating. So that, that was a note I took. Oh yeah. I think leading up to Skipper, I'll have more to say, say about Skipper. Oh yeah. Later. But yeah, the, the fact that some things that, that the whole concept of, of that leading in with Skipper, that nice guys are also wishy-washy like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like <laughs> I had an articulate thought that, that went into that because that, I feel like there are a lot of, of terms or ideas about male behavior that are just being blanketed. Like all of a sudden all men are like this. I'm like, no, I'm not saying this, but there's, there, I think my, my thing was Skip, Skipper, which I have a bad feeling that it's going, um, my uh, opinions are not going to change, is the fact that he is so desperate for any sort of uh, connection that no matter what connection it is, it, it, he hones in on that one. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't look around him. Right. Like, or even see, or even read the, the or even read the body language of what exactly is being put back to him, mm-hmm. which wow like i think that it just it, watching watching him do his work with miranda like really was making me sad yeah well um, and i think i think too like like the note i took with that is like they have miranda be immediately confrontational which is just like i get the like the character choice in it and what they were aiming to do with like informing the audience of who miranda is like she's this no-nonsense like feminist powerful like she boss lawyer who is just like tired of everyone's bullshit so she's just like on the offensive as all her defense and it, all and of the time she expects nothing but the worst from people and like, yeah. it's just like oh my god who hurt you before like i want to see you in your college years and it's exhausting it's i'm like, tired i'm tired for her also side note this is why like this character is a reason why like i never like seeing my name in pop culture because every every character named miranda is like ostensibly a total bitch like miranda in sex in the city the mom in mrs doubtfire played by sally field her name is miranda <laughs> like oh my god i'm sorry no it's okay uh. it's, it's, and maybe it's just maybe it just makes me uncomfortable because maybe deep down i'm a horrendous bitch but like no 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 it's it, I, this is, no it's fine maybe i am like i don't think i'm like that confrontational immediately but who knows um. did you see what was i i could see i think the thing with miranda the character not you um is that i could see myself like i could see her her, her reasoning to have those points of attack which is why i asked who hurt you? Yeah. No, like, sure. it's never it's yeah, and, and also like watching watching the way she moves, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just okay, so I thought that I had no chill. And I realized how chill I really am. <laughs> watching Miranda <laughs> deal yeah. with with the world around her, her friend, um mm-hmm. Skipper. Oh God! Jesus I just every time Christ. I say his name, he makes me so mad. Well, I mean, ah, uh, God. Okay, we'll get to we'll get to this. Okay, so all right, so we've established those two. That's pro- that they are probably going to be a huge issue. I'm, I'm assuming. Don't tell me. I'll find I'm out later. I'm not the word. Um, then you have quote unquote the joke that didn't age well. 
the Donald Trump. Donald Trump, Mr. Big, played by uh, Chris Knowles. And I just want to say, okay, so when when uh, I think the movie came out when I was in college, and and uh, I, I I used to be a performing arts professional and would go to audition conferences all the time. And sometimes there are some actors that have a look that is in. And around 2007, 2008, I would go to these audition conferences. And you know, those cattle calls with hundreds of actors just asking for jobs. There'd be at least two dudes in the cattle call line who looked just like Chris Moss. And, I mean, I, I, I find him very attractive. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> he's a good-looking man, Chris. But, like, every... And, yeah, so whenever he was on camera, I was just like, huh, I auditioned with a dude from Syracuse <laughs> University who looked just like you. Like you. So that's, that's... I don't even think of Mr. Big. I think of all those poor freaking actors from like, 15 years ago. Like, just, who looked like him. <laughs> who just looked like him. Just wanted, just wanted a little taste of, of that accomplishment. <laughs> he, just, he just had a look, man, that was popular for... For a certain amount of time, but yeah, oh my god, so ooh, yeah, that oh. reference, that, like my actual note that I and I sent it to you is Wolf Donald Trump reference, like oh, oh. No. even in '98 though, who's like who in 1998 who was like yes Donald Trump fuck yeah like oh well, New York City so they actually like thought that his re- like he actually was good in real estate like at that, that point that was like the that was like the mid range of the of the Manhattan con. Okay. He was just conning the, the boroughs. He wasn't conning right. like the northern and southern states of the United of our nation. Like it was right. so long ago. I wonder. I wonder where that would fall, like in the whole Atlantic City kerfuffle, too. Like, I don't know how oh, much. You know, yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. Oh, just you know, like lots of money poured into an Atlantic City casino, and nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, it it like completely failed, and it was bad. Uh, there's a there's a documentary, a docu series on Netflix. Um, called Dirty Money, and there's an episode called called Con Man that like explores the history of Donald Trump, and it, it highly recommend if you like want to feel angry um, for like 45 minutes. Oh, um, you see, I've I've made a vow to not to try not to hear that man's voice for another three months. No, that's fair. I yeah, I don't yeah. Um, I whenever I give I guess at my um adult day service uh, position a newspaper to read, I make me I make a means to tear out any pictures of that dude. <laughs> So they don't have to read about them. That is what a, what an yeah what a noble act. Yeah, because I don't want them. I don't. I don't want them knowing about that guy. I just don't. It's a work. It's a work of a hero. Okay. So, yep. Not wearing a cape either. Proud of you. Anyways, so that guy um bumps into Carrie on the street and in the bar. Or is it? Oh yeah, it is in the street first. The street. And, and, and he knocks her purse out of her hand, and all of her condoms go everywhere. <laughs> and then he's just like. Mm. What do you do? It's it's really mature, but also like he's a cool I mean, man. What do you? But obviously he was actually kind of cool about it, other than like I thought he was super chill about it for the most part. Like I, I think he handled it as best as he could given the circumstances. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Ah, oh, but then as the as the evening presses on, Carrie sets Skipper up with Miranda later that night at a nightclub and. uh uh, uh, Mr. Big ends up being there, mm-hmm. and he gets, he gets a ride home. Yeah, and uh, what was oh when I knew that there was going to be trouble in paradise in the end of the first fucking episode. Oh, I said the first f bomb of our entire of our entire adventure. Shakiri asks him if he's ever been in love. Yep. And what does he say? Absolutely. And then drives away. Which, <laughs> like, while I was watching that moment happen, like in my head, I was like. 
did the driver just know to like yeah. dramatically drive off? Because <laughs> it's not like we hear Big say, all right, hit the gas. It's just like, absolutely, and go. And it's like, that is, that driver deserves to be paid so well. He probably was, because, I mean, uh, Big is apparently the next Donald Trump. Uh, for, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, maybe he shorted him, like, when he got to Fifth Avenue or wherever. Wherever. But, um, oh my gosh, so, so that's happening up the street when Mr. Big is taking Carrie home. Meanwhile, after a really awful just first date, Skipper uh-huh. and Miranda are just, Miranda the character, not Miranda the co-host, are just making out, and it's it's just a sloppy, like, and I'm not even sure, like, if it would, like, I had to rewind it to watch the makeout scene to see, like, just, like, the body language of the kiss itself, because he kisses her, she kind of pulls back, and then looks at him confused, and then there's just, like, this weird shrug being like, oh, sure, why not? Yeah. Which, and then they start making out, and it's just like, okay, so I'm not, okay, yeah, it was consensual, but, like, there, there, there's a fine line between between being into it and not being into it, Yeah, and I don't think she was into it. Well, that's the thing, too, is that I think it's so, in, like, it's the, it's the idea of context, right, of some, like, we, those rom-com moments of, like, oh, she's storming off and is so upset with him, I never want to see you again, or, like, you're the worst, and then he stops her, he grabs her arm, and he pulls her in for this romantic gesture, this romantic kiss, and she just automatically melts in his arms. And I think, like, as a as a youth, back in the day, my teenage years, I used to think that that was, like, oh, so romantic, like, oh, oh change your mind. The lips were so soft that she changed her mind. Right. And and as I've gotten older, I obviously, like, there's still the romantic in me that's like, yes, the, like, I... I can't, but I want to, and all these things. But at the, at the <laughs> but at the end of the day, like that's really not how it like ever pans out in real life. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's sloppy, and it's it's, it's and also sloppy. like it's just sloppy. Like you're tripping over, you're both tripping over yourself. Yeah, well, and also yeah, like smooth. Yeah, and, and also like she was Miranda made it pretty clear like throughout their entire conversation she was not interested. Oh yeah, and and he like Skipper like who's supposed to be this like nice guy who's respectful of women and pays attention to what they want and need, like, it, he just completely ignores it. Oh, yeah, and, he bulldozes that. And, and, really, and really forces a romantic moment between them. And I think that moment you talked about where she, like, holds back confused and then just kind of, like, shrugs and is like, fuck it. Like, that's, like, an acquiescence, not because, like, she's like, oh, yes, I finally found this person who, like, speaks to my soul and makes me feel things I've never felt before. Like, it's just a convenient moment of, like, a th- disagreement, like, that Miranda said, yeah, I painted my, I, I dug a hole for myself, but like, you know, so if you're, sometimes you're there. You know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. We'll just edit this part out. No, it's fine. What? I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So oh, okay. like, okay, I'll, I'll just edit this part out. Um, But yeah, not really what, the, it's not really what Miranda wanted, but like, I don't know, boredom. I, I, you know, maybe that's, that's the thing is that I didn't really understand why she went, went with it. I mean, I do, I do. I think that we don't, like, this is, this is an important conversation because I think that, like, it's an important moment because, like, sometimes, this is going to sound horrible, sometimes you're, you're not necessarily, like, feeling a full connection with someone, but in this, in a moment of just, like, pure need for someone to connect with or, like, someone to just validate your, like, existence and your attractiveness and your desirability, like, Skipper did that. Oh yeah, yeah. Skipper, yeah. Skipper made her feel pretty. Yeah, and and he he made a move, and and I think that like that moment is is us seeing like us the audience seeing Miranda just saying, 
okay. I guess like, I'm pretty. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is what I'm going to find. Even if I don't really connect with this person, even if like maybe I can just like let it happen and maybe that'll change. Maybe my expectations are too high. Like I think it's a moment of like buying into this idea that what what we have set as our our standard is too high because we haven't seen it met yet. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a that's actually a maybe our standard is too high because we haven't seen it met yet. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I think that's kind of a perfect way to end this. <laughs> I was like, well, that's like the mic drop. Like, yeah, the the bar. We don't know how hard the bar really is. Boom. Boom. Oh gosh. Okay. So uh, that uh, that I think that that wraps us up for episode one. Um, yeah. So um, uh, see here. Uh, if you want to uh, email us at cityscapepink at gmail dot com. If you have any other questions or disagreements or just want to say hey, we're pretty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some some sweet notes of encouragement. Sweet notes of no dick pics because if you send us a dick pic, we will talk about it. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Not, no, for I, sure. Not, not that anybody's going to send a dick pic. I um, mean, I, I, mean I, feel, I feel like that's a, that's a gauntlet being laid down. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about about making that a, a thing. Uh, don't oh, please don't. Please don't make it a thing. Just <laughs> a joke. Just a joke. Um, just jokes over here. Just jokes. <laughs> I'm at Pageless Scott on Instagram. And I'm at Miranda Narig on uh, Twitter. I don't have any other social media. So. Good for you. All right, so we're just going to wrap this up, and we'll see you again on episode two. Bye.